Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above us for the week ahead. Happy new moon to everybody. I know that was actually late last night for me, early this morning for the rest of the country, everywhere from mountain time zone east, uh, but still here in the new moon energy which uh, I was, I actually fell asleep last night before the new moon. Uh, I was, you know, trying to purposefully wait up and see it or not see it, but, you know, hear it or engage with it. And I totally missed it. I fell asleep at like 1039 or something like that. So I totally missed it, but that's okay. Uh, I still know it's happening and uh, giving us a new beginning, an interesting new beginning because we have a lot of energy in Pisces. And of course, the new moon was in Pisces. That means the sun and the moon together in the same sign. And we have, you know, some Pisces dancing going on. Well, when we are facing down Saturn about ready to move into Pisces, which brings me to my main topic today. I, I like the idea of Saturn. I don't know why he's just in my, he's uppermost in my mind this morning. And um, Saturn, of course, giving us opportunities for growth and expansion, but not in the way of Jupiter. Jupiter's growth is kind of pushing out. It's more extroverted. It's more optimistic. It's seeing things from this higher perspective. Saturn really goes about growth in a way that has us kind of constrained or bringing our focus inward and or narrowing our focus. And that's a path of growth as well, right? Because what Saturn's most interested in is things that will stand the test of time. And to, to stand the test of time, we have to take that Jupiterian growth, we have to be able to focus it, and we have to be able to put it to work for us and doing that in a way that makes sense, that is grounded in reality. Saturn appreciates that reality. And at the same time, we have to be willing then to let go of everything that does no longer resonate with that level of growth or that moving ahead in that uh, very planned sort of way. So today we're going to be talking about Saturn, the Saturn cycles, right, that we have, the Saturn cycle that we're in. And I'm not going to focus on the move of Saturn into Pisces. Rather, I want to take a look at what is it that we've been focused on while Saturn is in Aquarius and what should we be doing next in preparation for that move of Saturn into Pisces on March 7th. So literally, what is today, the 20th? So in just about two weeks, we'll have that change happening. And you can already feel it. I, I think most of you are in tune enough that you're feeling it. Tom was sharing with me this morning that he was having trouble sleeping and or staying asleep. I wasn't sure exactly whether it was a problem going to sleep, Tom, but or staying asleep. I was tossing and turning, it seemed like, all night long. And some people have trouble, like they're sleepy all the time and they just want to nap and sleep. Um, but a lot of that has to do with these tremendous changes that are uh, upon us uh, coming up in these next couple of weeks. So take all the time you need right now for rest, uh, for 
you know, contemplation time, right? Reflection, that kind of thing. Uh, and then, of course, we'll take a look at the weekly transits as well. It's not a big week transit-wise, but there are a couple of really interesting things going on that are kind of fun to look at. And of course, yesterday, besides the new moon, we also had Venus moving into Aries. And I think I kind of glossed that over on Friday when we were talking about the new moon in general and some of the other topics that we covered. Uh, but Venus in Aries is also moving, she is moving in or has moved into uh, Mars territory. So now we have both the, the divine feminine and the divine masculine activated in our charts. And Venus, of course, being the one that rules the feminine and everything to do with beauty and art and harmony and peace, but also uh, the creative side of ourselves, right? The creativity, the beauty, uh, our principles and our values, our self-worth and how worthy are we to receive the financial side of things, right? She rules money. And then she's in the sign of Mars. Mars is a sign of bold movement, especially in the sign of Aries, sometimes impulsive, not necessarily planned movement. Mars here can be very youthful and can be very innocently making strides forward without thinking much, right? Think first, act later is what we usually say. But in this case, Mars in Aries uh, or Mars as the ruler of Aries can be where we are acting first and then thinking later. And later we go, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Or maybe I should have done that in a better way. All those different kinds of things. So when we bring the two principles together, what we have is a highly charged creative time. And it is, is it any wonder then that we might feel a little bit like we're in the, in the, in the dark of the womb, perhaps, or in that more tired space where the energy is lower and that um, supports the growth of, or the uh, creation of something that yet hasn't made its appearance in the outer world. So then that energy can shift a little later and come out into the outer world. It's the cycles of the emotional center really that we're looking at there, which reminds me then if we're looking at Venus and where is she today? What is today? The 20th Venus is at the gate 25, which is the gate of our higher consciousness. It is the gate of our divine self, our spirit, and its interaction uh, with the physical, right? Being in the physical world. It's one half of the channel of initiation, which is initiation into the higher realms or into uh, the more uh, spiritual realms. Sometimes it's called the gate of the love of spirit because it's one of the love gates. It sits on the identity center. So as a love gate, it always wants us to fine tune everything toward love, right? Love energy. In this case, the love, the divine love, right? Universal love, the higher love, right? We go back to our song from last week, give me a higher love or higher love. I can't remember what it was called. <sighs> right? Love, love, love. And Venus, of course, is the principle that rules love. So she's very comfortable there. This is a, com a very comfortable gate for her. And this is in, again, your human design uh, identity center. So whether you have that identity center defined or open, or whether you have the gate 25 defined or open, you now have Venus sitting on that gate, uh, waking up that part of ourselves or that part of you 
that it needs to be uh, aligned with spirit or higher consciousness. Uh, okay, so then let's look. Today we now have the sun and the moon in Pisces, and literally the moon is in Pisces all day. Remember, the, the new moon was at one degree, 22 minutes, so just barely into the sign. And we have then the next two days, today and tomorrow, where we are dealing with Piscean energy, but also now the sun in Pisces. So our creativity and imagination is already triggered and higher than normal anyway, right? That fantastical part of ourselves where, uh, you know, the imaginal realm, we talked about that, where things are all residing up here in the imagination and just waiting, just waiting for us to pull it out of imagination and to bring it into reality. And I was, uh, what was I doing yesterday? I was doing, I was writing something up. Oh, for a reading I'm doing later this morning. And one of the things that really struck me was how um, the, the energies that we're in right now are really about pulling that imagination, but down into reality. And there was a famous quote by Einstein. Did I write the quote down somewhere? I probably did. Uh, but, but, uh, God, I did so much writing this weekend. Who knows? Oh yeah. Einstein said, imagination is more important than knowledge. That was from Einstein, one of the greatest perhaps minds ever on the planet. And that tells you how important being able to imagine is, but imagination, it can only take us so far. So we also have the need to take that dreaminess, that imagination, fantasy, and bring it into reality. And in the process, though, there's this time period, typically within that Pisces realm, where we can be more tired than usual, where we can be more in that dreamy, escapist sort of phase, where we're maybe daydreaming even. And the boundary between what's real and what's not real is very thin, right? So very thin boundaries here. Uh, and it causes us to maybe become more, uh, it, maybe it's more difficult for us to recover from sleep, right? To get ourselves awake and to, you know, get up and ready to go. And then again, the sun, moon in Pisces also brings up the need for boundaries and how important are boundaries, right? Where do I end and you begin? And one of the things that I've learned from doing soul realignment work is that sometimes we, when we go to sleep, we cross through the different dimensions. We cross through the intersection of the third and the fourth dimension. And in that dimension, we are um, often working through the events of the day, um, the things that we've been thinking of, the the television programs that we've been watching and, and how that might show up in dreams and that type of thing. But then we also move into and cross over into the dimension gate between the fourth and the fifth dimension. And there's where a lot of healing is done. Here's where a lot of work with our higher self is done. And then, of course, we have to cross back through those dimensions, uh, each one on the way back into our physical body when we wake up. And sometimes some astrological signatures or even some events in your life or experiences that you've been through can break that transition state down, right, where you get caught or you don't get all the way into and then or you don't get all the way back out of 
those transition states, right? Those crossroads of the fourth and fifth dimension and the crossroads of the third and the fourth dimension. And that can also lead us to feeling sort of that lethargic feel, that tired and, you know, that type of thing. But in another way of looking at it, it's really, it's really about how much you've been processing, right? What's been going on in your life? What are you in the process of working through? What's being let go of? All of those things. So that can affect and impact how well we cross through those, those transition states. And if we're not transitioning through them completely, then we can come back feeling a little tired, like something happened and you know, part, part of me is still out there, a part of my awareness. And by the way, this often happens to projectors because projectors have a part of their, their energetic self on the planet and a part of their energetic self doing work on the spiritual side of things. It's sometimes that feeling that projectors get as well, where they cannot quite come all the way back into the physical reality. And it's also why they have to be very mindful of how they use their energy, because so much of it might be being devoted to uh, activities on a spiritual realm that they have no access to from the physical realm, right? So it's hard to see, oh, yeah, I'm out there doing this, you know, very big work on, you know, the spiritual side. But often that is what's happening for projectors. So if my projectors out there this morning are feeling a little lethargic, I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> I wouldn't blame you at all because now you have astrological forces that are also supporting that uh, problematic uh, transition state from, you know, waking to, to dream and back again. So as well, we have divine guidance in this particular sun sign, moon sign combination. And we really can tap into the more mystical sides of things. I found myself wandering in my mind. I don't know what it was, maybe an article or something that um, popped up on my on my phone while I was doing something else. And it was talking about, you know, um, embracing a spiritual practice. Well, most of us, I would bet, have some form of spiritual practice. But then I was thinking, well, maybe it's about up leveling your spiritual practice, right? If um, maybe even tweaking it in some way, right? To, to embrace something new and, and to generate uh, the ability to evolve that consciousness in some way. So spiritual wisdom is a part of the sun moon here and divine helpers. So your spirit guides or the angels or, uh, you know, your, 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 passed on relatives who might come in with divine guidance for you, because there's just such a mystical uh, energy to all of this right now. But also in the lower aspects of this energy, we're dealing with something that I always think of as the victim energy, victimhood, right? The victim self and all the places where we may from, you know, be, be dragging up things that have happened in our past or where we're taking a look at what we can't seem to do or what we haven't been able to achieve and we fall victim maybe even to you know what blame or shaming ourselves or guilt or you know a number of the human the core human issues that that we have which literally are all based in fear when we look at it from the deeper darker waters we're looking at it through fear and now with this, you know, 
combination of uh, sun and the moon, we can really maybe process and deal with those things that we have been feeling victimized in. And of course, this brings me to where the sun and the earth are this week in our human design and where Saturn will first move into as he transitions out of Aquarius in a couple of weeks and into the sign of Pisces, the gate 55, one of my very favorite gates in all of human design. But before I do that, let me say good morning to everyone who's checking in here. I saw Debbie first this morning, happy new moon, she says, and Tom then, happy no sleep. <laughs> treat yourself. I think Julie is her name. I wish I could be live after the last, but have some manifesting plans today, sending you all blessings and my gratitude to be part of this group. We also send you love and gratitude, Julie. Uh, and then Tom uh, said something to her. So Christine, good morning. JLo, good morning. Joan Durchy, hello. She says, happy Monday to all. Kajela, it's good to see you. And JLo also says, happy new moon tribe, Tom, sending that back. Natasha, good to have you taking a day off, I would imagine, because I believe the schools are out today in the U.S. for President's Day. And JLo, Gala, I think I've said hello to everybody out there that's checked in with us. But hello to all of you who will listen later. And hello to all of you who are silently watching from behind. Marta Moraes says, bonjour. I'm guessing you must be in France or maybe in Quebec, Canada, somewhere there. Pauline, good morning to you. She says, hi, she's only on Facebook. That's okay. I broadcast live to both Facebook and to YouTube, which reminds me that if you are watching um, in either place, please take a moment if you're enjoying the video to hit the thumbs up button uh, or hit the like button, whichever uh, uh, platform you're sitting on. And then uh, think about sharing the video with other people, right? Let's embrace kind of a, a larger audience of people who hear uh, how to live their lives according to astrology and human design. And of course, the gene keys. And I forgot to plug myself in, hold the phone. There we go. Uh, so, uh, New Brunswick. Wow. Okay. Hello. My husband and I were just talking about wanting to go, but not New Brunswick, Newfoundland. We both want to go visit Newfoundland. But I would think New Brunswick is somewhere over that way as well, maybe a little further south than, than Newfoundland. Or maybe north. I don't know my Canadian geology or geography that well. So the last thing I was talking about is victim energy needing to be dealt with and dealt with kind of in a very uh, prescribed manner, right? Dealing with it when it pops up, when you recognize that you're succumbing to the uh, energy of the victim, right? When you're giving up on yourself, that's the victim. When you have the thought that I never get what I want, that's the victim. And it could be more insidious than that. Perhaps it's more like I hold myself back from doing something that I would really love to do because of some kind of fear. There's your victim, right? There, that these are energies that we all are carrying. By the way, you are de designed, as far as your DNA is concerned, to feel fear, right? Fear is one of those things that has kept us alive. It has, it has been the reason that we have survived 
right? Because fear triggers the fight, flight, and freeze mechanisms. And the brain is really wired to be able to contend with that kind of fear. It's kept us alive. But those fears, the primal fears that have kept us alive have morphed and it becomes more of the things that were that are are all about false evidence appearing real type of fears right the fear i'm not good enough the fear that i don't have enough knowledge or uh, the fear the past is going to repeat itself or that i'm afraid of the future or right you get my drift these are fears that really have no place in reality, right? Because in this moment, if you have a fear of being inadequate, then the only thing you must do is to go deep within and grab whatever it is that you need, whatever wisdom that you need. It, you are complete. That's the point, right? You are totally uh, complete. So we have the opportunity then to go through a lot of that victim energy. Now, when we get to the human design energy for the week, which is actually began yesterday, and we'll run through the 24th, which is Friday. Yeah, through the 24th, we have the sun sitting at the gate 55, which is called the gate of faith in quantum human design or the gate of spirit or of the spirit of abundance in more traditional human design. And it's a gate that sits on the emotional center. So we find ourselves aligning the need this week is to align with the energies of emotion. And I have always found it interesting. I think we even talked a little bit about this last week, that the gate 55, the gate of abundance is on the solar plexus or on the emotional center versus the sacral center where we would find ourselves doing something in order to gain abundance. Instead, it's on the emotional center, which says that what we need to do is calibrate and recalibrate the emotional body with the heart and then that opens up the pathway of emotional alignment with something whatever it is that you want right so a part of our uh being able to have our heart's desires is alignment with it and there's nothing in our human design that would ever say that you don't deserve to have what you want. In fact, one of the other things that I've learned doing soul manifesting blueprints and soul realignments is that we are designed to have everything we want. If you can conceive of it, right? If it pops into your mind that you really want something or you really want to go somewhere or you really want to experience it, then it's absolutely in the realm of possibility for you or it would never have occurred to you, right? It would never have occurred to you to want to do something, go somewhere or have something if indeed you weren't allowed to have it or be it or go there. That's something that's so super important for everybody to remember, um, including myself. I find myself all the time giving up on myself or giving up on having something that I really wanted. And literally that is coming from a place of victim or a place of fear. So the 55 is very important in our recognizing that because we are this interface between the divine and the practical down to earth energies, we, we stand tall between the two, right? And we embody both realms. We embody both the spiritual and the physical, that there is nothing 
literally that we cannot do as long as we align ourselves with it and then take the steps that are necessary to get there, right? We can't forget the action steps because the action steps are why we're here on the 3D realm, right? Because we can move forward in the physical. Uh, so the 55 reminds us then that you're always free. In the gene keys, the lower expression is victimization, right? The victim mind. And in the gift and the city, the energy is called freedom. Freedom, right? That's why I love the 55. The whole idea that as soon as we get out of our victim self, as soon as we let go of that shadow of victimhood or being victimized or being the victimizer, um, that we then open ourselves to the realm of freedom, freedom of movement, freedom of action, freedom of thought, freedom of creation. It's all there for us as long as we get out of our way. Mm. Now, there's also the earth this week. She is at the gate 59. So the 55 and the 59 are always linked two times a year. Right now, uh, you know, on the cusp of uh, February, March, where we have the 55 and the, and the 59, so sun and earth. But then uh, opposite of this, uh, in uh, September, we end up with it the other way around with the 59 on top as the sun and the 55 as the earth. But also this year, we're going to have Saturn at this gate, <clears throat> 55. And remember, Saturn is a planet of structure and form. And he's moved, he's moving into the formless, right? He's moving into uh, an energy that's really much more Neptunian, right? Neptune is uh, one is the, the more modern ruler of Pisces. So Saturn is going to be creating maybe some dissonance for us uh, um, as far as what are the structures and forms that we've created that keep reminding us or keep us thinking small rather than thinking big, right? That keep us in victim versus keep us free. So we'll have a lot of that kind of coming up uh, over uh, the next you know, months while Saturn is sitting at that gate. But right now we're getting a little taste test of it with this week. So we can practice finding ourselves, catching ourselves when we're in that victim mode finding a way out of victim mode and into freedom, right? What does that mean for us and how do we get there? And it's a choice. It really is going to boil down at the very bottom line. It's always going to be about choice. What do I want to choose? What I'm choosing my thoughts, right? Even though you think sometimes you're the victim of your thoughts, you're choosing your thoughts. And then from your thoughts, you can choose what you actually act on, right? What am I going to act on? So that is the path ahead for us uh, with the 55. And, oh, I started to talk about the 59. The 59 is on the sacral. So it is about doing. It is a very masculine energy. It is an energy of production and reproduction. It is the energy that's supportive of the tribe being able to carry on. So what we kind of see here is that we we have to get out of victim mode and instead be in creator mode so what can i do to create a more sustainable future for myself how can i create you know things that i never thought i could create 
uh, but I also need to consider doing them in a sustainable way. The earth this week concerned with sustainable production and with being able to build up the tools that are necessary for continued survival, or maybe it's more like continued thriving of ourselves, right? Of our species, but also of ourselves. So lots to consider in this week, even though it's not it's not a really outward pushing kind of energy. There is the earth putting that pressure on us to need to do that. But the biggest energy that I can think of this week would be really about having faith and trusting that everything is moving ahead as it should. And even if it looks like right now, things are not moving in the direction that you wanted, don't give up hope, right? Don't lose faith. Don't lose heart. Because if it's something that you really wanted and something that was really true for you, it needs to be able to stand the test of time. Aha, there's Saturn, time, right? Time. And time sometimes builds up the more solid foundation. Time sometimes gives us the opportunity to amass the right things, the right pieces on the chessboard so that it can be a sustainable experience. So that's our kind of week in general. Tuesday, we do have Mercury in a square to Uranus. I love that. It's the meeting of the minds, right? Mercury ruling the mind that we think of in, in the body, right? That our thinking and calculating, analyzing, uh, communicating, you know, kind of mind. But Uranus rules the higher mind, right? You could even think of it as the fifth dimensional self up there with access to the higher self where inspiration and ideas and aha moments, lightning bolt sort of experiences can happen. So we have the two in a square and the squares are often challenging, of course, right? They, they can be very challenging, but they often are creating enough friction, enough uh, resistance energy that some kind of fire is lit, right? Some kind of energy is is triggered that propels us forward in some way. So while this is a square and we can be caught in a thinking mind that is too small, or maybe we're up here in this higher mind, but how do I bring all this down into this? You know, how do I calculate and, and do something with this uh, higher mind energy? Um, it gives us that accessibility to it, to thinking outside of the box or seeing things from that higher perspective. And that happens on Tuesday, tomorrow. On Wednesday, Mercury, again, activated by Mars. So we have Mer uh, Mars and Mercury in a trine. So, you know, maybe as a result of the inspiration that Uranus brought during the square with Mercury on Tuesday, on Wednesday, uh, we can maybe have some access to what do I do with that aha moment, right? What steps do I take? Because Mars is going to want the action. And Mars is still in Gemini. Remember that. Gemini is ruled by Mercury. So we have, you know, our thoughts aligning with our actions in that day. And also the moon that day is in Aries, Mars territory. So we have, you know, a good day to take steps forward instead of, holding space, we want to take and uh, make some moves uh, based on what we've been thinking. So take the thoughts and move them into reality. 
Thursday is a kind of quiet day. Friday, we have the move uh, of the of the human design week out of the 5559 and into the 3740. That becomes a very family oriented, community tribe oriented energy. We'll have that until uh, March 1st. Can't believe we're that close to March already. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the weekend seems fairly quiet. The moon will be in Taurus and Gemini. No major transits to to contend with. Uh, so we'll have you know some comfort and some you know maybe laziness and just you know being in that that comfort zone. And then followed by stimulation of the mind and energy of thinking and maybe taking some trips. Who knows with Gemini energy what you might end up with. Uh, okay, questions. Natasha, yes, I'm off from school for the rest of my life. On for the rest of my life. Time to catch up and do. Okay, I think you need to tell me more about that. Are you not working anymore at the schools or am I reading something that wrong there? Pauline says you did not miss new moon, sun in Pisces. I too fell asleep. We were in dreamland, just not in 3D. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, dreamland. You know, if without dreamland, we would find it very difficult to create. We become sort of monotoned. The dreams add the color, right? The color and the splashes of, of you know, newness to our day waking lives. Okay. Now for the rest of the time today, I really want to dig into what the Saturn in Aquarius energy has brought to us because right now we're in the space of really kind of uh, contemplating perhaps what things have happened over the last two and a half years uh, as it relates to our Saturn in Aquarius transit. So first let's talk about, about Saturn cycles. So, you know, what, what does it mean when Saturn moves into a new sign? Because not only, you know, is he moving into a new sign, but in your whole sign chart, he's moving into a new house. So you'll have... If you've had Aquarius, let's say uh, uh, Saturn in Aquarius moving through your sixth house, then when Saturn moves into Pisces, he's going to be moving into your seventh house. So not only do you have the change in the energy itself, like what does Saturn represent in that new sign, we'll also have a new area of life that that energy will be playing out in. So it's going to be a completely different uh, story, if you will. And like I said, we're going to go next week, we're going to dive deeper into uh, that, that Saturn transit in Pisces. But also, by the way, um, for those of you who like the Astro Design Meetup, uh, you didn't miss it. I didn't do it on the third week because inadvertently somebody had scheduled over the time for that. And uh, I wasn't able to find a time where we could fit that in. So it's scheduled for this Friday the 24th at 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. East Coast time. And uh, I will post later today the Zoom link. It might be tomorrow that I post that Zoom link for you to join us. And here's what I think would be a good thing for us to talk about. How will, what are, what is Saturn in Aquarius leaving behind for you? And what is it that Saturn in Pisces might bring to you? And then that also causes us to take a look at the 55 in your uh, human design chart, because that is the first gate that he literally finds himself in uh, at that point in time. So that'll be Friday at 12 noon. And again, that's a Zoom link. 
and uh, it's free. Bring your questions, uh, bring your charts, and let's just have a discussion about all the different things that you want to. So this coming Friday. All right, so Saturn cycles. What does Saturn mean as it moves through a sign? In general, general terms. In general terms, Saturn moving through a sign tells us that it's time for a maturing of the uh, issues in that sign. But it also tells us that we are kind of uh, needing to achieve the next level of uh, beingness in that sign, in the energies around that sign. So we're challenged to face reality in some way as well, because Saturn rules reality. He's the real deal, right? He's in the real world. Um, so in some areas of our, in some area of our lives, the Aquarius area for the last two years, and soon to be the Pisces area, we're going to be challenged to face reality of our exper experiences and expressions personally, but also, you know, societally in that sign. Remember, Jupiter and Saturn both are sort of societal and cultural uh, planets. Now, they do affect us personally as well. But mostly we see uh, the, the rising of those energies through society, through um, the, the collective, if you will, uh, the, the way that we arrange ourselves in our tribes, in our communities, in our nations. And interestingly enough, this morning, uh, I caught an article that I'll, I'm going to go back and read because first of all, I do not really align myself with this woman at all. Um, but she made a comment this morning that the red states, the uh, Republican states in the union, the United States, should secede. I'm like, oh my God, she did not just say that. That did not just happen. Because this is this is a, a motif, a cycle that is being brought back up for us here in the USA. Because eventually in the next year or so, we have a change in sign with uh, Uranus. And every time Uranus has been in Gemini, which is the next sign he'll go to, uh, we have fought major wars from the um, Revolutionary War, which was also when Pluto was in Aquarius and Pluto's moving into Aquarius next month. We fought the Civil War during that period of time. And the trigger point for what brings up the Civil War or the revolution lies in the last degrees of Taurus, where Uranus will end up there later this year and early into next year. So interesting dynamic to see that start to show up because, of course, our Civil War was over secession as well interesting right i'm not saying that that's something we have to worry about or that it's it's just interesting to watch how cycles come back and some of the same energies now you know this marjorie taylor green who brought this up she's i guarantee you she's not astrologically wise that <laughs> i just guarantee you she's not checking her horoscope on a daily basis and following astrology but she is following astrology she's living it out by you know bringing up this idea that was also a part of the years leading up to the Civil War back in 1860. Crazy, 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 right? So anyway, it gives us something to think about how we can watch the interplay, the outer play, if you will, of these planetary transits. And not to get into fear, right? I just, I'm, it blew me away to see that in print, right? It blew me away to see that 
and know already that's been, you know, being seeded perhaps out there uh, in, in our country. Um, but I, I don't have any clue how that would play out, if it will play out, but it was just interesting to see it. Now, um, so again, we're facing our reality, the reality of our creations, the reality in a specific area of our lives. And that area of your life is driven by the house relationship, right? The house that it's in. But first, before we can really realize anything of worth in that transit, we have to face the truth in ourselves, in our society, in our community, right? We have to be able to face the fact that if we want to offer ourselves freedom, and that requires an evolution in our consciousness and kind of a steering of ourselves to truth, right? Aiming ourselves at truth. Things may seem to resolve more slowly during a Saturn transit as well. So we've been in Saturn, our Saturn has been in Aquarius. Actually, he first moved into Aquarius in March of 2020. That was the time of the pandemic, right? That's when lockdowns began, right? Uh, it was in April of 2020 that my husband's company put him on furlough where for three months he was not working. Uh, he still had an income, thankfully. Uh, but the, you know, all of us in some way were starting through this time of limited mobility uh, for right or wrong. Again, the, I'm just stating the facts, right? These were the things that started off the Saturn in Aquarius transit. And then he retrograded backward uh, into Capricorn and finished that transit. And then on winter solstice of 2020, he and Jupiter met at zero degrees of Aquarius. So it was sort of a very momentous time uh, of the two coming together as it marked a transition state between the age of earth and the age of air. At the same time, it marked a change of sign for Jupiter and a change of sign for Saturn. So everything that we've been experiencing then in these last two years have been sort of harbinger energies of what's to come further on into this age of Aquarius, further on into Pluto's movement into Aquarius next month for, you know, what will be over, he's going to fade back and in, uh, in and out of the sign a little bit, but over the next 20 years of experiences, not only that, but what can we expect during this age of air? So, you know, when we, when we're looking at Saturn transits, they're kind of big, big deals, right? They're big deals. Um, we're purging, purging and pruning and letting go of the old, what no longer can, uh, can uphold the test of time, right? Saturn rules time. And we are pruning it away in order to embrace the new, a lighter maybe self, a lighter uh, world, uh, and embracing a more sustainable future, uh, streamlined perhaps in some ways in our own personal lives. Um, and literally what Saturn has us doing is building up our reserves by conserving for the future in Aquarius, specifically for the future and becoming more responsible, response able for uh, our lives, for the conditions that we have created or that we have participated in creating and in what do we do next, right? What do we do next? 
So very important time that we're in here. Now, what Saturn in Aquarius focused us on? First of all, what does Aquarius rule? Right. That's the big first thing that we look at, because these are where we're going to see Saturn applying the pressure of streamlining or pruning or changing in some way to become more sustainable. Uh, dreams, goals, hopes, right? The uh, 11th house in your chart, plus the sign of Aquarius rule that part of our lives, rule social structures and social networking. It's interesting that this time with Saturn in Aquarius, we had the whole Twitter debacle. We had the whole fake news through all of the, the different social medias. We had the idea of what is truth versus what's not truth being spouted off in, in um, you know, and making it hard for us to determine, well, what is true? What is not true, right? False, false uh, narratives, all of that. Very Aquarian. Um, friendships and community. Uh, and humanitarianism, right? These are big things that also come through Aquarius. The future, right? The future. What is our future? And looking ahead at the future. Technology and innovation are also a part of that. And we saw a lot of different technological advances, whether it was from the vaccines and in the medical world and how we treated something, you know, like a, a virus and a pandemic, but also technology in terms of alternate. Uh, uh, AI, artificial reality, um, or artificial intelligence. We also had that one breakthrough of nuclear fusion versus nuclear fission. And interesting, right? Because that has huge ramifications for us going down into the future. Uh, so innovation and technology and all of the issues that will come up around that as we move on into the future as well. But also ideals, ideals and idealism. Aquarius is a specific, uh, a specifically idealistic sign, right? It lives in the ideal world. And Saturn, by the way, is a traditional ruler of Aquarius, right? He traditionally ruled Capricorn and Aquarius. So, you know, every time he moves through a sign of his own rulership, actually, literally every time he moves through a sign, what he does first is exposes or reveals our weaknesses, the weaknesses in the systems, the weaknesses in our thinking, in our having prepared for something, right? What was one of the first things that happened after he moved into Aquarius with the pandemic is we realized our structures, our medical community, uh, a lot of what we built and even our plans for such a pandemic all came to naught, right? We were sorely ill-prepared for the weight and uh, gravity of the pandemic. So Saturn revealing to us the weaknesses. And ideally then, ideally in Aquarian energy, we set about with new ideas, with innovation and technology to repair that weakness, right? To set ourselves up for future strength. Now, Saturn in Aquarius rules our social lives, right? So everything that, how we meet, right? How we met, was through zoom right we have a whole new way i mean literally i don't worry as much anymore when i'm dealing with clients that they're not going to understand how to use zoom during our session that most people got exposed to zoom or something like zoom so that we could maintain our social lives uh saturn and aquarius brings up our ideals our principles and the actions that we take from integrity or not right? Are we acting in integrity? Of course, groups 
and our associations, our clubs, and how we networked and networking in general all impacted by Saturn in Aquarius. How and what we are contributing to the world, to ourselves, in, to our families, to our communities especially. What part are you playing in that? And reprioritizing quality over quantity. Right. We've been in a very production oriented world, especially through the age of Earth. And now we are seeing slowly that move to more quality over quantity, renewed or changed plans and goals personally and collectively that realign us in some way with our higher selves or realign us with what's more sustainable. What can we take with us into the future? You know, what do we really want for the future? and our connection to systems, right? All, all of us realized that our systems were lacking and that we, you know, our transportation systems, delivering goods across the country, our medical system, our governments, everything got lots of holes exposed in all of those systems during this time. And then how did that impact us as individuals? How did that, how did we participate in that? You know, how did we build up artificially a system or something that was not going to be able to stand the test of time that wasn't going to be sustainable? And then we also saw the power of group movements to influence change. Whether you aligned yourself with them or not doesn't matter, but group movements, Me Too, hashtag Me Too, the Black Lives Matter, and literally these things become very um, group, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of, uh, grassroots movements, and likely that is going to get more loud and stronger through time, right? Uh, lots of things here. Now, the question then for you. Right. What, are, what is it that I want you to do now with this? Because I'm going to do this too, right? What's possible now is for us to take a look at all these experiences that we've had. And this is why I'm doing this two weeks ahead of the change, right? Because it's going to take time to go back over two and a half years or so of experiences to be able to see like how, how, how has my life changed in this particular area of my life? So you have these Aquarian things that have been happening in a specific house in your chart. So that house might be, let's say the first house. So all of these things in this bigger, grander Aquarian scale have been personalized for you in the first house, maybe changing fundamentally how you see the world, right? You're having to let go of the old way of viewing the world that might've kept you tied to an old unsustainable past, right? Maybe it's affecting you in the second house which is all about your money and how you earn money and your self-worth and your worthiness to receive and allow yourself to, you know, receive and on and on throughout the 12 houses of the, the Zodiac. So where Aquarius is, is where the contemplation needs to be as far as, well, what's changed for you during this time, right? Now in Saturn, we don't always have just the kick in the pants or the, you know, the debacles and the, the breaking down of things. In the end, what we get is we reap a reward of some sort, but the rewards are delayed, right? We don't get it in the beginning of the signs transit. We get it at the end, right? Because Saturn wants to ensure, Saturn, the Saturn part of yourself, wants to ensure that the changes that you've made can stand the test of time. Are they sustainable? 
right? The changes that you've made. So if you have found yourself making changes that have been perpetuating a more sustainable you, a more sustainable footprint on the planet, uh, more aligned with those Aquarian ideals, your goals and hopes and dreams and, and your friendships and networks. And in some way that also spells out your integrity in some ways, then, then what's the, the reward that you will receive? right? What's the reward? So this is why this moment is a good time for us to consider what the challenges are that we faced and what Saturn's gift in leaving as he leaves Aquarius will be to you, right? At the end of his transit in Aquarius. Now's the time for us to look at that. So first you need to find Aquarius in your chart and what house is it in, in your chart? Okay, because the house tells us the area of life where all of this has been going on. So as he moves, as he prepares to finish this transit in these next couple of weeks, it's really going to dawn on you about how much has really changed for you in these last two and a half years, right? And a change for you personally, but look at our society and what's changed there, right? It's amazing to me when I look out, you know, I no longer go in the grocery store and see people with masks on and go, what, why are they wearing masks? It's just like this new thing that, you know, you, you encounter. It's no more just pictures that you see of, you know, the Orient or Japan or China with people wearing, you know, masks. You know, I always wondered about that. Like why, when you look at Asian countries where they often, you know, there were a lot of people that would be wearing masks and this was before pre-pandemic. And now in our society here in the U.S., it is not crazy to see people wearing masks, right? It's just not. I don't even think twice. It's like, oh, okay. It's just a part of who we are now. And I'm, I'm not advocating for or against any of this, by the way. That's not my point here. It's just noticing the changes, noticing how things are different, noticing how difficult it might be at times to get things that you really want. Right. I think a lot of what got exposed with Saturn and Aquarius was the idea that we could just keep producing ad nauseum and that we could get those things that we've produced to the stores or that we could get them, you know, through this distribution network. Well, we've had all kinds of distribution issues from, you know, trucks not being able to get across borders to uh, distribute, you know, people can't even get, I couldn't even get on an airplane last Christmas to, Christmas before last to go to California, our flights got canceled because they didn't have enough people to work, right? They didn't have enough people to work because they were sick or because they, you know, had, had been exposed to COVID and they weren't allowed to come to work. So many things like that have changed in our reality. And think about the trains just in this country, just in this country, right? The, 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 the rail strike that was averted, that the White House actually had to step in and uh, work through or insist that the two sides meet somehow. That was all about workers' rights and rights to time off and not getting, you know, dinged for not being able to be at work because you were sick, that kind of thing. And then railway disasters, right? That is an ending of an Aquarian transit, right? That just blows me away, right? Because now it's like this big thing about, you know, these trains that are carrying poisons that literally when there's a derailment or some kind of disaster, it has consequences that are far reaching, 
right? Spilling, I think it was vinyl chloride into the soil and that leaches down into creeks and rivers and then can vaporize and go into the air and create you know, health challenges for the people that are nearby. And what was the source of that derailment in the first place? And, you know, then we have another one that happened, I think, in Detroit, not long after that. And these are all the things like, watch what's happening these last couple of weeks, because we're going to know where we were successful in that transit as a people, and where we were not so successful. And then watch what's carrying on in your own life during these last two weeks of this transit, because again, same thing, where have you been successful and where have you not been so successful? And by the way, not as a way to beat yourself up over those things, you know, or to pat yourself on the back, just to go, okay, so I still have work to do because likely you're going to find that you still have some work to do. And that yet there's beauty in knowing this as you go forward. Like, what is it that I still need to do? Where's the hole in my thinking around XYZ, right? So being able to take that and, you know, Saturn rewards due diligence, doing the work that you need to do to become responsible, to be responsible, to evolve your consciousness, right? All of that is rewarded. And sometimes that it doesn't feel like a reward. A great example uh, in my own experience, my my daughter, she has a job that um, is in the electrical field. I mean, she doesn't work in the electrical herself. She is the admin support for the team of uh, the electricians. And last week, the owners of the company decided to close down the electrical division. And she was gobsmacked, right? Like, did not see that coming one little bit. She had done all of this work, getting bids for people that that so that they could, you know, have the ability to make money in that that thing. And uh, then it turns out they closed it down. Wow. Right. Saturn exposing some weakness. Maybe the owners of the company exposed that or had been exposed to, you know, that being their weak link. And now the impact on my daughter is huge because she's like, now what do I do? Right now, where do I go? But at the same time, openings are happening for her, right? Even though this seems like it's difficult to have to shut this down and to, you know, she's put a lot of sweat and love and energy into building up that part of this business only to have it shut down and all that work to be feeling like it went for naught. But at the same time, these things are opening up for her. And that's been crazy to watch happen, right? That just all of a sudden out of the blue, new things that are opening up for her. So I have no worries for her in that, but it, it's, that, it's that level of awareness of how what's being pruned away needs to be let go of, right? There's no sense crying over spilled milk, if you will, or over burned up electrical bridges. Take that and the experiences and move them forward into the next opportunity. So we all have that. Uh, kind of opportunity ahead. Uh, Christine, my dad was an electrician taking that as a sign from him. Thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's funny because my son-in-law, Aaron, uh, Jennifer's husband, and my husband work for an electrical distributor. Uh, and Jennifer herself worked for that same company with my husband and her 
now husband. And then when she left uh, All Phase is the company that they worked for, uh, she went to a different electrical, but not supply, but where the electricians were actually, you know, doing the work. So she was still engaged getting supplies and so forth from uh, the electrical distributor she used to work for. So it's kind of all in the family, the electrician thing going on in our family. So it's kind of funny. Uh, okay. I think that is it for me today. I don't see any questions. I'm going back a little bit because um, like the mists of Avalon, some have always had the ability to see beyond the veil. Ooh, that's interesting. I want to see how that came, where that came from. Um, Pauline, with all this Piscean energy, how will COVID and other diseases fare? I don't think we're out of the woods completely with that at first because Saturn moving into Pisces, Pisces rules the lymphatic system. So we may be dealing with uh, immune system and, you know, that opens up the idea of new medicines perhaps that are designed in the next couple of years to really boost our immunity, to boost that part of ourselves, to be able to withstand the viruses that might be born in the future, um, you know, because there, you know, there are always going to be diseases and, and viruses and bacterias and germs and all the little boogeymen like that, right? That's just a part of the experience we have on the planet. But, you know, we have to become better at actually then, you know, working through those, whether it is from a more natural perspective, right, with through all alternative healing methods, um, or is it through, you know, traditional uh, or not traditional, but uh, more of the allopathic medicine, and, you know, finding ways to bring those together. You know, Pisces is a sign that bridges the new beginnings. So it, it brings things into an ending. So it'll be interesting to see how all of that plays out. Um, hello, thank you, Rainbow says, Mermaid, Infinity, Rainbow, something going on with starships. I've been seeing for almost two years have been more active and lower. Uh, yeah, I live, um, I live on an island, but right out to my west are other islands. And last night we were coming home from uh, more inland and looking out at one of the islands, there was this huge cloud draped over the top of the mountain. We're used to seeing them. We call them lenticular clouds because that's how they form over these high peaks. But literally it looked like a UFO. I told my husband, oh, there we go. The starships landed on Lummy Island. <laughs> it was so clear that it looked like that. So I'm not surprised, right? We're seeing it. We're seeing it. They're here. Uh, I I just know they're here. And uh, eventually this is all going to come out. I don't know. I, I have a feeling when Saturn and uh, Neptune both move into Aries, which will be 2025, I believe it is, uh, then I think that those things are going to become more, we're going to have more awareness around it at that point in time. Uh, Christine, how will the red states support themselves without the tax dollars of the blue states? I have no idea, right? This was just, it's just out there, right? To see that out there, I was like stunned. And do we really want to have that kind of uh, uh, thing going on and breaking apart the union? I, it's so totally pointless, right? It's so totally pointless. But, you know, that's my, that's from my point of view. Uh, anyway, uh, Asa, hello to you. I missed you out there. And any other questions? 
I don't see them, but that's good because it's really the end of the, the show. So thank you so much for joining me today. It's been fun to share all this information with you. Trust me, we will go into what does it mean when Saturn moves into Pisces. But right now I want you to focus on what have you learned during this period of time? What's the gift that Saturn will bestow upon you as he leaves the sign? And I will see you on Friday. We'll take a look at the weekend. I, uh, I don't know what else we'll do on Friday. I'll have something fun. And don't forget, Friday is the Astro Design Meetup at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. East Coast time. Bring your chart and your chart questions, but we'll also get a chance to talk about the Gate 55 and Saturn's move into Pisces and how it might affect you personally. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye for now.